What's going on guys? Sam Adams here and welcome to another episode of Caffeinate. We are back ladies and gents from the Thanksgiving break. My name is Samuel Adams and welcome to today's show. I hope that this one does find you well and to those that may be watching the show for the first time, I appreciate you joining me and this is a daily gaming news podcast where I go through the hottest gaming news of the day and let you guys know what is going on right here live on twitch.tv slash Samuel Adams live if you did want to check it out in person and hang out in the chat as we do watch the show. Now, I will say on top of that, it is going to be available via youtube.com slash Samuel Adams Media briefly after the show. And on top of that, podcast services around the world, thanks to the beautiful, illustrious Anchor.fm. It is a fantastic service. If you are looking for one to host a podcast, I'm not even affiliated with them. I'm not getting paid to say these things. It's just a pretty good service if you are looking for one to fulfill your needs. But what are we going to be talking about today? The Red Dead Online beta rollout begins tomorrow and continues throughout the rest of the week. On top of that, Burger King is handing out free Whoppers to Red Dead Redemption 2 players. If you did want to get in on some of that as well, Nintendo of America boss says that 60% of their revenue comes from the October to December holiday season. Fans are campaigning for a Skyrim playing grandma to be immortalized in The Elder Scrolls 6. The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword could be coming to the Nintendo Switch. 20th Century Fox could be teasing the next Alien game in the form of a trademark by the name of Alien Blackout, there is a rumor on the streets that the Batman Arkham Collection is going to be coming out later on in the week, one that we could have missed on the drop, not purposefully, but because quite frankly it wasn't announced that it would be coming out, so you know, you have those kind of things. Battlefield 5 is selling abysmally, just absolutely terribly. Uh, Fallout 76 has seen a huge price drop, something I've been talking about on social media, and something we will talk about more here tonight, and on top of everything, Fortnite's new Tinder Defender skin is based off of an eight-year-old's design, and that's the feel-good story of the day, which is how I try and round out the day's shows. But again, welcome for those that are brand new, and without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into the hottest gaming news of the day. Finally, after waiting a very, very long time, the Red Dead Online beta rollout begins tomorrow. Over the past few weeks, millions of people have spent countless hours enjoying the excellent single-player campaign of Red Dead Redemption 2. While the conversation will continue about how the story comes to an end and the hundreds of interesting happenings you can find wandering the vibrant open world, it's time to turn our focus to the pending online component of the game, which of course Rockstar is becoming very notorious for doing up in a big, big way. Today, Rockstar Games revealed that the Red Dead online beta rolls out this week. Tomorrow, as of 11-27-2018, owners of the Red Dead Redemption 2 Ultimate Edition will be the first to ride into the online servers. Then Wednesday, anyone who played the game on launch day gets to join the fray, which includes yours truly, and players who first play the game between October 26th and the 29th can access the beta starting Thursday, and then everyone else can join in on Friday. So, what's included in Red Dead Online out of the gate? Don't expect a fully featured experience like Grand Theft Auto Online, which has continually added new content for half a decade. That said, you can still ride out with a posse of up to seven players, set up a camp, smoke gangs out of their hideouts, enjoy outdoor pursuits like hunting and fishing, or participate in adversarial modes in the beta. And you can look for more information about the beta as it does roll out throughout the course of the week, but specifically starting tomorrow with the giant rollout that is impending. 
So it's finally here. Of course, Red Dead Redemption Online is one of the most hotly anticipated online games of the year. And I say it's a completely different game in a way, uh, because when it comes to Red Dead Redemption 2, that's a very much so linear single player open world that you can go through and burn through when it comes to the single player story. Uh, but there's so much to explore. Red Dead Online is just a completely and totally different style of game in that you just kind of do things. You know, it's, it's similar in a lot of ways. Of course, it is essentially the same game. Game, but it's a totally different entity and clearly Rockstar is treating it as such uh, but it's cool to see that it is tiered in the way uh, when it comes to rolling out the game that it is because if you are an early adopter or somebody that did pay for a more expensive version of the game you are able to get in there a little bit early so essentially everybody is going to be playing by Friday but you yes you could get in just a tad early if you did go ahead and embrace those earlier versions of the entire uh, little game that we had here over the course of the past month or so. So what does the future of this game actually hold? That's kind of the question right now, isn't it? Because as of right now, you do have a lot of kind of uh, components going into Red Dead because is there going to be any kind of additional content coming up with the single player campaign? Probably not, but you always have to wonder. On top of that, are more and more updates going to roll out for Red Dead Online? And for how long? Will it be a five-year kind of endeavor as we've seen with uh, Grand Theft Auto Online? Or is it going to be something that wraps up within a year or six months even? What is the future of this kind of game? And how is the adoption going to be of these new features that will come to the online portion of the game? So we'll see what happens here. Uh, but if you did want to get in on Red Dead Redemption 2's online component via the Red Dead Online beta, you can start tomorrow potentially if you did fork over some extra cash but on top of that you could also be diving in later on in the week if you didn't and you're cheap like me because I got the $60 version of the game at midnight without pre-ordering because you know it's kind of how I do it. Also to Dawson in the chat, welcome on in my friend. I'm glad to see you and let's go ahead and move on in. If you happen to be playing Red Dead Redemption 2, you could be getting a free Whopper. That's right, a free Whopper for you. In a marketing move three weeks too late, Burger King has kicked off a promotion to hand out free meat to Red Dead Redemption 2 players. It's only open to players in Sweden, but all 135 restaurants are taking part, so you should be able to find a free burger in a town near you. All you have to do is find four ingredients in game and scan them at the promotional website. Website. This will cough up a coupon, which you can then redeem at the Burger King of your choice. The four ingredients are cow, pig, cheese, and bread. Remember, hunting domestic animals will give you a negative honor rating, though. I guess you'll have to weigh up your in-game respect versus your need of free food. And again, here is a video of how it works. If you, for some reason, actually wanted to go get this free burger, because uh, apparently people want that kind of thing. Uh, anyways... Essentially, when it comes down to it, it's a pretty cool way to do a promotion. Unfortunately, only in Sweden. Uh, I do not read these articles before I go ahead and start talking about them. So if this had been only in America, I could kind of understand because that's a big, big promotion. But maybe the player count is lower in Sweden. I don't know. Maybe Rockstar is trying to make something that looks good on paper and then they don't actually have to invest a lot of money into it. I don't know what the deal is with this. Uh, but still a fun little follow up story to the reveal of Red Dead Redemption 2 online, you know, the component. Uh, so if you did want to do that, again, you go in, scan all of the components you find in the game and boom, you get a free Whopper. Only in Sweden. So, still a fun story to follow up with. But, a very interesting story for our third one of the night. Nintendo of America boss says that 60% of their revenue comes from the October to December holiday season. That's a lot of cash. We all know that the holiday season is absolutely crucial for pretty much every company in existence, but to really drive the point home, Nintendo of America boss Reggie Fisame wants you to know just how important it is. Speaking to Yahoo Finance, Reggie explains, quote, we typically do in the Americas about 
60% of our revenue during that time frame. The reason that it's so significant is first, our products make great gifts. Whether you're talking about Nintendo Switch, whether you're talking about the Nintendo 2DS, we really do well with that gift giving occasion. 60%, that's a lot of cash as I was saying. Reggie explains that this period entails the months of October through December, so it's a decent amount of time to batten down the hatches before Black Friday and the pre-rush of Christmas. Although this period is make or break for a lot of companies, the Nintendo of America boss is not too worried, recalling a mantra of a former company president, when things aren't going well, don't get caught up in that, and when things are going poorly, don't be too sad about that either. While Nintendo is always looking for an explosive holiday season, they have a lot to be thankful for a year and a half into the Switch's life cycle, with a Pokemon console release and the high anticipated Super Smash Bros. Ultimate arriving just before Christmas. I'm thinking the multiple Switch units per household plan will start to really kick in this year, and I would agree with that as well. Uh, so again, 60% of the cash of Nintendo of America comes in during the holiday season. Uh, not something that's shocking, but really this year, that's something that's going to be amazing because you have to consider uh, just how many Nintendo Switches are going to be sold, especially since you do have this Pokemon entry uh, coming in just before the holiday season. It's not even a mainline entry. Let that sink in. This is not like your traditional kind of Pokemon game. This is somewhat of a baby's first Pokemon of sorts. Uh, but when it comes to next year, or maybe even 2020, depending on when it does release, uh, you could be getting a mainline Pokemon game, and you could be seeing this exact same phenomenon yet again next holiday season. That would be mind-boggling to me. Uh, but interestingly enough, the Nintendo 3DS and 2DS lines are still selling very, very well. I know that's still a significant part of what Nintendo does bring to the table. And on top of that, uh, you do have the... Uh, you know, incredible success of the Nintendo Switch. So overall, Reggie has a reason to be smiling in this beautiful picture of a beautiful man because all of the money is going to be rolling in over the course of the next few months. And of course, Black Friday was a big, big deal for a lot of people around the world. And I saw a couple of Nintendo Switch bundles, mainly one that bundled in Mario Kart 8 uh, with the, I believe it was Red and Blue Joy-Con bundle. And overall, that's pretty much all that I really did see, aside from a couple that were more pricey but did chunk a couple of bucks off. Again, you know, you can get it down to nickel and diming it, but overall, the Nintendo Switch is a fantastic value for those that are looking for an entry-level gaming console that's good for pretty much any occasion, and of course, a ton of people are playing it right now. So, if you want to pick one up, you can contribute to Nintendo of America's giant pot of gold and uh, grab one at your local, I don't know, I was going to say Jolly Green because I have Childish Gambino on the mind, uh, but you can grab one at your local Best Buy, Target, Walmart, GameStop, any of the other retailers that you know very much so about. But fans are campaigning for the Skyrim playing grandmother to be immortalized in the Elder Scrolls 6. It feels like an age since the last Elder Scrolls game was released, seven years ago to be precise, and it's probably going to be <laughs> several more years before we see the next one. It's an agonizing wait, and for some older fans, it's really a race against time. That is very morbid, uh, Emma Kent. Come on now. But thanks to an online campaign, fans are hoping at least one Skyrim playing grandma will be involved in the next game, in at least some sense of the word. As possibly the coolest grandma on the internet, you may well have already heard of Shirley Curry. She is an 82-year-old uh, YouTuber grandmother who primarily records herself playing Skyrim and has pretty much won the hearts of everyone in the Elder Scrolls community. Referring to her subscribers as grandkids, she goes out of her way to reply to every comment on her videos and her Let's Plays are basically the most wholesome thing you'll find on the internet. And if you still doubted her credentials, last year she even made it into the Guinness World Record books as the oldest video game YouTuber. And you can check out her latest YouTube video right here if you did want to do that. 
Her place at the center of an internet campaign, however, began after a Reddit user spotted her comment on a YouTube video analyzing the comments Pete Hines made to Eurogamer about the Elder Scrolls 6's release window. Quote, I guess that puts the nail in my coffin, Curry wrote. When Skyrim 6 comes out, I'll be 88, so I probably won't get to play it. Evidently, this tugged on the heartstrings of many Skyrim fans, some of whom decided to take action. Reddit user Phantom Scribbler kicked things off with a post calling for Curry to be added to the Elder Scrolls 6 as a follower. As highlighted by Phantom Scribbler, Bethesda has previously done something similar for Oblivion fan Eric West, who visited the studio shortly before passing away from cancer in May of 2011. He was subsequently immortalized in Skyrim as Eric the Slayer, and fans now want something similar for Curry. How cool would it be to come across an elderly Breton who wants to kick some ass and ask to come along with you, Phantom Scribbler explained. She takes up her sword and puts on some armor, says, come on, grandson slash daughter, and you're off to tackle whoever gets in your way. Who wouldn't want her as a follower? Apparently, much of the Skyrim subreddit agreed, and the original post received over 9,000 upvotes and even sparked a petition on change.org, which currently has 1,396 signatories at the time of this writing. Phantom Scribbler has now added a second post, which calls on the community to help create a Grandma Shirley themed follower mod for Skyrim. According to the post, Curry is enthusiastically on board with the idea, and Phantom Scribbler has now sourced a modder who is willing to make the follower mod. The team is currently asking for the community's help and choosing dialogue and sounds, however, as it's too much of a task for anyone to short, excuse me, to sort through all of these videos for usable sound bites. And if you have a favorite Grandma Shirley line, now is the time to share it. So we will see if this actually does end up panning out to where she is in The Elder Scrolls 6. I would love to see it, to be quite honest with you just because she's such a sweet little old lady and uh, this is actually somebody that I've been following for a while now but essentially uh, she's just a you know loving kind grandmother who happens to like playing all these old video games specifically Skyrim uh, but she loves this game she loves playing it I mean a 45 minute let's play hell I can't even do that like that's a lot of time uh, but she loves this kind of stuff and so it would be very interesting to see if they do throw her in the next game uh, but hopefully we will find out more about this as we find more out about the Elder Scrolls 6 itself. But again, time is running out. Shirley, you got to get those facial scans in. We got to get you we got to get you in the game, Shirley. Come on now. Love you, grandma. Peace. But moving on to the next story of the day, The Legend of Zelda Chief teases Skyward Sword on the Nintendo Switch. Skyward Sword is one of the last Wii games produced by Nintendo and one of the most divisive games in the series. While unpopular with the Zelda fandom, the game scored well critically and is known as one of the only 3D Zelda games that has never gotten ported or remastered. The game relied heavily on its motion controls for combat and puzzles, and a port to a system with a more traditional control scheme would involve massively retooling its controls, something Nintendo typically does not do with remasters. A hint from the producer of the Zelda series of the weekend, though, might indicate that Nintendo is looking into it. And while we look into it, I need a delicious sip of coffee because it's time. It's that time of the day. <sighs> delicious. God, that's good coffee. Yeah. Two Zelda concerts were held in Osaka, Japan over the weekend with a special surprise for the evening session. According to attendees, Zelda chief Asia Onuma sure, came out at the end of the show to deliver a special address. As an opening line, he teased that people hoping for an announcement by saying, according to translations, quote, I know what you're thinking, Skyward Sword on Switch, right? To audience applause. It is unclear if he was joking, but he does have a tendency to matter-of-factly talk about future Zelda projects while they're on his mind. Skyward Sword is famously divisive, especially among Zelda fans, mostly due to its controls and structure. The game required the Wii Remote accessory called the Wii Motion Plus and added a gyroscope to the bottom of the controller 
on a Wii Remote with the gyroscope built in. While theoretically this added a new dimension to the capabilities of the Wii Remote, it couldn't overcome the still fairly nascent technology that the controller was built on and some uh, frustrated players had to deal with gestures not completing or actions desyncing. Of course, this thing goes on and on about more, you know, info about Skyward Sword, but essentially uh, a very cool little Zelda game. I will admit uh, that it's no Wind Waker, but still Skyward Sword is a fun Zelda game of what I remember. I've watched a lot of Let's Plays of the game, and overall, I would love to see this one come to the Nintendo Switch, because as the article does point out, uh, this is the only game in the Zelda franchise, I believe, at least the modern games, uh, that has not been brought over to a newer generation of consoles, and that simply is wrong. I think that a lot of work went into this game and for it to be on the Wii and not on the Nintendo Switch especially considering the compatibility in terms of the motion controls uh, that just sounds like something that should be fixed very very quickly and of course it would sell very well because Zelda and a Nintendo console and a ton of people that have never played anything Nintendo before and they now have a Switch just do it it's good. you're leaving money on the table if you don't I'm just saying point out a, a pretty solid fact now speaking of leaving money on the table which is what I'm going to be doing at GameStop when I buy this, Alien Blackout could be the next Alien game, a Fox trademark suggests. We already knew that Foxnet was working on a new shooter in the franchise. Excuse me, Fox Next was working on a new shooter in the franchise. I was like, what is Fox News doing with my Alien franchise? Uh, but in January, Fox Next Games announced it was working on a new Alien shooter. And this week, its parent company, 20th Century Fox, filed a gaming trademark for Alien Blackout, suggesting that could be the name of the next game in the franchise. The trademark was filed for use in game software, computer game, and video game software, and other such related words. It follows Hideo Kojima visiting 20th Century Fox and posting cryptic pictures with alien signs this week. It tied into a teaser for the Game Awards 2018, which takes place next month, but the ceremony's official account and host Jeff Keighley have been posting this image. Hold on, we have to look at this image because it's very important. Worlds will change, repeated over and over again, which contains the words worlds will change alongside a big W logo. As you may know, Wayland Yutani Corporation from the Alien franchise also has a big W as its logo, and its slogan is building better worlds. Whether that's a coincidence or not, we will have to wait and see. I personally doubt that highly. I think we're going to be seeing a brand new Alien game announced at the Game Awards 2018. I love Alien so much. The franchise overall, the movies are great. Uh, the last couple of games have uh, been okay. You know, it's been one of those kind of up and down kind of situations. Uh, I have to look up which one it was, but uh, it's one of those situations where a couple of them were good, a couple of them were not. Aliens Colonial Marines was abysmal. Now, I will say, wait, hold on. Let me think about this. Alien, yes, Alien Isolation is good. That's a fantastic game. It's got 96% like this video game, according to Google users. But Aliens Colonial Marines, not that great. Even worse than that, Aliens vs. Predator. Terrible game. Don't even worry about playing that one. Very depressing. Uh, but I will say that the Alien Isolation Collection, according to UKGamesPlanet.com, uh, is one that you should definitely check out if you are into this kind of thing. But more importantly, I will say that I am excited to see where Alien is going next. I think that overall there's so much you can do uh, within the world of the Alien franchise that it makes sense to keep it going and to bring something new to the table. Uh, so we will be seeing more about this at the Game Awards in just a couple of weeks, which I cannot wait to watch. I love watching the Game Awards. It's always good to celebrate the huge achievements that have been made over the year, uh, even if they do mostly involve Fortnite. Just kidding, a lot more than that at this year's show. Now the question is, is this Aliens Battle Royale? I mean, the Blackout name very well could be tying it. I hope not. I hope not. But that's an interesting concept. However, moving on to the next story of the day. 
The Batman Arkham Trilogy could be releasing this week if rumors are to be believed. The Batman Arkham games are considered by many to be some of the best superhero games ever made. I am one of those people, but they are also split generation. Luckily, it now appears that fans may have a chance to play through the entire Rocksteady trilogy once again later this week if rumors to a collection are to be believed. Now, to back up, I don't believe this is an appropriate statement because of what I remember, every Batman game has been ported to the newest generation of consoles because you have the aside, yeah, you have these games, but you also have, okay. Whatever, I'll leave that one sit on the table for a while. A leaked listing from the Xbox store suggests that the three main Arkham games will be released as a complete collection, which could be a great opportunity for Batman fans that skip the franchise to finally give it a try. It appears the collection will also support 4K resolutions, at least on the Xbox One X, which should help keep the somewhat dated graphics of the first two games looking fresh. If the leak does not turn out to be true, fans should expect the collection on uh, November the 27th if it does, in fact, turn out to be true. As of right now, Warner Brothers has not confirmed the rumors, so this leak should be taken with a grain of salt. The idea of a collection does make a lot of sense, though, as Batman Arkham Asylum and Arkham City previously released as a two-pack, but the addition of Arkham Knight will tie a nice bow on the collection. Uh, so, I think that right now, we could be seeing something of a bit of a, a new addition. The Batman games are considered some of the best realized adaptations of comic book games ever made, uh, and of course, had a lot of influence on Insomniac Spider-Man, according to the guys over at Game Rant, which I do believe. The elephant in the room is Arkham Origins, as the chat does point out as well. The only game in the franchise that wasn't developed by Rocksteady. On one hand, it does make sense that Rocksteady doesn't want the other studio's work in its collection. On the other hand, Origins is still a game in the franchise with ties to the overarching lore and arguably deserves a spot in the collection. Rumors have circulated that Rocksteady has something new in the works, which many believe to be possibly a Superman game. The collection could serve as a refresher for fans if uh, whatever Rocksteady is cooking up, Superman or otherwise, turns out to be a tie into the existing Batman universe. So if this one does include Origins, then there is something new that is being brought to the table. If it does just bundle, as I suspect, the three games that came out developed specifically by Rocksteady, I don't believe there's any additional value here, aside from taking advantage of the holiday season, because as much as I love Batman Arkham games in general, do we need them to be bundled all three together? Yes. Is this worth a giant announcement? No. So I understand the way they're going about doing this. Uh, we did have the bundle, which I bought uh, with the Arkham City and Arkham Asylum bundled together, but Arkham Knight is just fantastic. One of the best games, I would say perhaps the best game out of the entire trilogy, because it combines what they learned from the first two games and brings in just better combat and better, I guess, traversal mechanics overall. Uh, but if you did want to keep your eye out for a brand new bundle, it could be launching on November the 27th. Again, just tomorrow, according to the Game Rant article that I'm getting my info from. Could be a good time. But a game that is not doing well. Battlefield 5 physical sales are down more than half on Battlefield 1. But it's not a clear picture. Battlefield 5 officially launched in shops last Tuesday, the 20th of November, enough time to give it five days on sale during its launch week. But it sold fewer than half the physical copies Battlefield 1 did upon its launch, when that was only on sale three days. It sounds like bad news for Battlefield 5, and it is, but there are a couple of caveats which make it harder to tell by how much Battlefield 5 was down. 
Battlefield 5 was available digitally earlier if you bought the pricier deluxe edition, which granted access on the 15th of November. And you could gain access earlier still if you subscribe to Origin Access Premier, which only launched this year. And then there's the general rise in digital game sales over physical copies. As ever, UK numbers company ChartTrack only counts boxed copies sold. But it's hard to see how Battlefield 5 can't be down significantly on Battlefield 1, even with all the above taken into consideration. And for comparison, it sold fewer than half the physical copies of this year's Call of Duty Black Ops 4. Physical sales of Battlefield 5 were down even on the unpopular spinoff Battlefield Hardline, though it is conceivable the Battlefield 5's digital sales did make up that gap. And so again, we'll see what happens with this. We have battle fail in the chat. Could it be as bad as they make it sound? Yes. Do I think that it is? Not necessarily. What I believe is happening here is that digital games are becoming a larger part of what is being presented to gamers and more people are choosing these digital games. Um, whether it be through Origin Access or the, or I think I believe it's called Origin Access Premier, uh, whatever you want to call it, uh, when it comes down to it, these digital editions and subscription services are offering a lot of different kinds of options for gamers who do want to get their games in a more digital, uh, obviously not physical way. So if they did want to get that, then that's obviously much more accessible, etc. I could go on and on about it. But overall, I think that it still is going to undersell in comparison to Battlefield 1, uh, quite frankly, because the improvements between the two games aren't noticeable on a cosmetic level. The game looks marginally better, obviously, on on PC, there are the RTX enhancements that have been made when it comes to colors and graphics and all that good stuff. Uh, but overall, there's really nothing that sets it apart from Battlefield 1 at the surface level. Now, the deeper you get into it, you see mechanics have changed. There are a couple of, you know, uh, hiccups here and there that have been shifting over the course of the past few years. But overall, is it really worth pointing that out in a significant way? No, not really. So, uh, we'll see how this does end up shaking out. But again, down by more than half on Battlefield 1 when it comes to physical sales. Insane. Speaking of a game that's bombing, <laughs> no pun intended, Fallout 76 drops in price again to $35. It's nearly half of the launch price. 10 days after launch, some were surprised when Bethesda dropped the price of Fallout 76 to $40 for Black Friday since the game was only released last week. If that wasn't enough of a discount for you, the price has dropped yet again, and you can buy the game right now on Amazon for just $34.99. It's definitely unusual to see a $25 price drop in so such a time. It's a great way for me to say that and make up the fact that I messed up that little sense. After a massive game is released, but the recent underwhelming reviews from critics and gamers may have something to do with that. In the review from PC Gamer, Chris added that he is still uh, having long stretches of fun with Fallout 76 and noted that it still includes many beloved elements from previous Bethesda RPGs. Even though many of the current in-game bugs are frustrating, $35 is much better than $60 and the experience will hopefully continue to improve as they continue to fix problems and add more content over at Bethesda. Maybe buy a copy for a friend and experience the bugs, both the mutated and troubling video game kind, together. Overall, a comment in the chat that I finally agree with. Guaranteed you Battlefield 5 is going to outperform Fallout 76. Absolutely. This game is one of those ones. I've been tweeting about this, uh, mainly just a quote of a tweet that shows off sales and then me saying something like mind-boggling or something along those lines. But 
Just the fact that Bethesda could know what they were getting into, because Fallout has always had bugs. But whenever Bethesda comes out a couple of weeks before launch and says, the launch is going to be rocky, brace yourselves, you know some shit's getting ready to hit the fan, okay? Like, that's when you know it's getting ready to be a bad time. And so now, here we are a couple of days after launch, the game is down to $35 on Amazon, not even through some kind of like Chinese reseller on eBay, literally through Amazon. That is when you know a game is not doing well, and that is what worries me. So overall, I don't have any skin in the game. If Battlefield 5 outperforms Fallout 76 by leaps and bounds, so be it. If Fallout 76 comes back and becomes a genuinely good Fallout experience, then why the hell not? You know, let's go ahead and bring it in. But I will say that I can't stand it whenever a company thrives off of the popularity of a franchise instead of creating a good game. You can't live off of the goodwill of, of the gaming population forever. That's just not how this works, okay? So even if people loved Fallout 4 with all of its quirks and caveats and all that good stuff, even if people love that, you can't expect them to continue that support into Fallout 76 if it's not a good game. If it's not a good game, people won't buy it. And so that's essentially what's happening here. And this is going to be a big learning experience for Bethesda, if I had to guess. I think that this is when you're finally starting to see like, oh, we aren't invincible. You know, you can't just pump out whatever. This should have been delayed at least by six to seven, maybe even a year. Uh, who knows? But moving on to the next story of the day, the final story of the day, in fact, there is a new skin called the Tinder Defender in Fortnite, and that is based off of an eight-year-old's design, and I thought this was adorable. I love good, feel-good stories like this, so if you guys don't, I apologize. There's tons of other stuff we've gone through today, but I love the Tinder Defender skin, and I love the fact that they went ahead and adopted this, because again, this is the bulk of the player base, and this is who should be playing the game, uh, but one of the newest Fortnite skins has an interesting story behind it. The Tinder Defender skin, which recently appeared in the item shop, is a concept designed by an eight-year-old that endeared both Fortnite developers and players players. It took several months, but with a strong following on Reddit and multiple requests, the Tinder Defender is now available in Fortnite. The story began back in September when a Fortnite fan posted his son Connor's Chicken Trooper idea on Reddit, hoping that Epic would come across it and add it to the game. The idea was liked so much by the Fortnite BR subreddit that other Fortnite fans started to create their own drawings and concept art for the skin, giving the Chicken Trooper a glider pickaxe and back bling design. Connor's dad was surprised by the overwhelmingly positive response and printed out a fan-made artwork to show his son when he got home from school. From there, they once again asked Epic in a YouTube video to consider adding the skin. And as of last week, an artist behind one of the drawings said Epic contacted them and that it would be implemented into the game. Although it received a slight name change from Chicken Trooper to Tender Defender, a big improvement, I must say, uh, the design is still faithful to the original concept. And so, congratulations, Connor. You did well, son. You made the Chicken Defender, Chicken Trooper, the Tinder Defender thing. Uh, but overall, I love the fact that Epic is this hands-on with the community when it comes down to it. Uh, there is so much of a stigma around Fortnite right now because it is such a worldwide sensation. But this is really a fantastic way to maintain that kind of connection to the desired player base, which again is somebody who is very, you know, young in comparison to a lot of people that do play the game. Uh, so to be able to have the chicken defender thing here uh, is great. So overall, if you want to dive in and check out the, uh, the Tinder Defender, this is a fantastic way to dive 
type in and see if you did want to check him out in Fortnite. But overall, fun to see that this is actually happening. Uh, so, overall, that wraps up the show for the day. If you did enjoy today's show, be sure to drop me a like down below. And I appreciate you guys hanging out with me in the chat live on Twitch.tv. But if you happen to be watching later on YouTube.com slash Samuel Adams Media, I appreciate you being here as well. And on top of that, for podcast listeners, I hope you do subscribe to the show. Smash that whatever button you might need to smash to get it delivered to your inbox every single day. But overall, you guys have a fantastic day. I've got a lull in the chat. Probably said something wrong. Tend to do that a lot. But I'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace.